Calling all married couples. Running a successful business takes a lot of effort and can steal precious time away from your spouse. So how do you protect your marriage from the stress of business? Get Tandem, the Married Entrepreneur's Guide for Greater Work-Life Balance. It is for you. It's for me, actually. Uh, Go to thetandembook.com and pick up your copy today. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Erin Olila is an SEO website copywriter, copywriting coach, and the host of the Talk Copy to Me podcast. She's on a mission to help small businesses collect specific and strategic testimonials. The part of Boost we'll tackle in today's episode is obtain more leads. Now, let's jump in to my conversation with Erin. Hey, Erin, welcome to the Boost Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me here today. Awesome. Well, I am excited to talk about this topic of client testimonials. But before we get started, tell the Boost podcast listening community a little bit more about yourself. Sure. I am an SEO website copywriter, which is really kind of what started my obsession with testimonials. Uh, What would happen is I'd have these clients that would come to me who ran incredible businesses. They were incredible people. They were doing incredible things. And we were trying, of course, when we're doing new website copy, to showcase their their business themselves in the best way possible. And we would, except we'd get to this point where I'd say like, okay, like, what do you have for like client stats, social proof, um, certifications, testimonials, and there would be like this blank face where they would kind of look at me like, well, I have a lot of testimonials, but they all say like, Working with so-and-so is great. Uh I had a nice experience. So like, I don't know what to, they'd say like, I don't know what to use. And for me, I would struggle with that because like, what do you say in that case? Like, it's not the greatest testimonial. Like, (laughs) I like to, I mean, I like to work with my dentist, but I also don't like a root canal, (laughs) right? Right. You know, so um, it was, I wouldn't say it was necessarily frustrating for me, but I'd feel so frustrated for them Mm. because I knew how great they were. And Mm. I really wanted other people to know that. So here's what's the problem is with testimonials is there's no urgency in getting great Mm. testimonials. Mm -hmm. So business owners don't necessarily put in the effort to get them. Mm -hmm. And there's so much awkwardness about testimonials. So people either feel anxiety about reaching out to get them or they feel awkward to kind of like give people a nudge to say something nice about them, right? So consumers, business owners, nobody knows what to say. Nobody knows like how to go about doing it. And I just realized like I was so sick and tired of hearing this that I was like, I am going to learn everything (laughs) I could possibly learn about social proof as a whole. And it was great because it benefits my clients. But I learned so many things I didn't know, Mm -hmm. such as like, certain like laws and FTC Mm, rules on mm -hmm. what you can and can't say. So basically it all started with the fact that I do SEO copywriting for my clients. Mm -hmm. And because I tend to work with lovely people, I just wanted to do something that would 
help them. And I kind of went down the rabbit hole of obsession. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, that's a lot. And so because I, you've certainly piqued my interest and I'm sure you've mm-hmm. probably piqued other people's interest. How does someone go about getting incredible testimonials from their client? Because I mean, you laid sort of the foundation for the awkwardness behind it. So what does that process potentially look like? Yeah, absolutely. I can tell you what it doesn't look like. And that's what everyone does. And that (laughs) is waiting until a project is over and sending someone a form with standard questions for um, the hope that it will get filled out and then they could piecemeal something into a testimonial. Now, I am not anti-forms at the end of a project in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. In fact, I still recommend that they are used and, if possibly, personalized for the client. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I mean by that, I'll rewind and say the best way to get a testimonial is to be working toward a testimonial throughout the entire process. So I tend to work um, in my course. I have a testimonials course called the Testimonials Toolbox. And what I do is I explain that you can actually ask questions that lead toward testimonials before you work with your clients. Mm. Uh, most service providers do an onboarding of some sort. Mm-hmm. In that, they may have a questionnaire. So in the questionnaire, ask something like, if at the end of this project, um, what would give you the biggest win at the end of the project? Or how would you know, how would you measure success at the end of the project? Because not only can you return to that same question at the end and say, hey, in the beginning, you had mentioned if we did X, Y, Z, it would be a successful project. But Mm -hmm. we did A, B, C, X, Y, Z. Could you comment on how you got so much more out of this? So that's one option. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of of the initial onboarding questions is it gives you your own map on how to provide the right client experience Mm. um, to just kind of quickly walk through it. So like onboarding is one phase, but there are so many other touch points. And now, of course, every business is different and they may have a different touch point. But there are there are points within the project that you can ask testimonial leading questions and or get another direction map on how to adjust the client experience to improve it moving forward. So I, I always tell people this needs to be an ongoing process through the entire time that you work with your clients. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the best testimonials come from just listening and not asking the questions. So, you know, as a copywriter, When I give my clients their first website draft, I tend to always do it on a video call and I will walk them through the decisions that I made in certain areas in case they may have questions. Mm -hmm. And what will happen is sometimes a client will say, oh my gosh, this sounds just like me. How did you do that? You're a magician. Mm -hmm. That is a testimonial, right? So what, what I have to do as the business owner and what everyone should be doing is like putting, let's pretend we're in school, putting your listening ears on, right? (laughs) Right. And taking notes Mm -hmm. throughout the process. Because, you know, you have the option of saying right then and there, thank you so much. Would you be okay if I use that as a testimonial? Mm. Or 
at the end of the project, you can present your client with some notes and say, yeah, I know this is wild, but I personally struggle writing testimonials. So I took a few notes on some of the kind things that you had said. I'm hoping maybe this will spur a testimonial moving forward. So those are just kind of some of the the ways to look at it as a process mm-hmm. type of a behavior and action and what... um different ways you can you can make it easier for your clients. Yeah, and I definitely appreciate what you said just now around I find it difficult to and and so it's like turning it back on yourself to then um sort of help me to help you to help me yeah. type scenario. And so I definitely appreciate that. Now, I know you led with saying that you don't like what you don't do is wait yeah. until the end. However, I happen to know that our listening community is probably like, drats, I'm already yeah. at that point. I've done the way. So is there a way? Okay, though, okay. I have been there. And in some ways, I'm still there, right? Because when remember, I said the onboarding question, mm-hmm. when we get to the end, that's the type of question we want to like have answered, right? So there are definitely reasons why we want to wait till the end of a project to mm-hmm. get things. So I don't want anyone to feel bad or like, oh gosh, I'm failing at this point. Mm -hmm. Like at least you're asking. There are so many people who aren't asking. And again, I don't want to make those people feel bad either. Um, But you can definitely use a form at the end of a project as well. And so even for, for someone who has waited until the very end and maybe they don't have a form, maybe they're like, you know what? I do realize that I have a need for testimonials. Is there any guidance that you can provide that says, hey, this is one must do, even if like, because I'd imagine some folks even don't have that that storyline, if you will, or the sort of the the notes that perhaps they may have taken along the way to really capture those aha or those moments that might be really great testimonials. What would you suggest might be the best way to capture a sort of a uh, an after action testimonial from a client that you've had that you finished the work with entirely, but you're seeking a testimonial from? Yeah. So I would say if it is a recent client, there are some, um, we're going to throw air quotes on this, generic questions that provide really good answers. And and one of them is, um, what is something that surprised you about mm. working with me or the process, let's say? Um, another type of question could be like, what was your biggest transformation or what was the biggest change that you noticed? Um, I always just say the key to look out for what something to look out for would be don't ask yes or no questions mm. because yes or no questions give you one word answers. They don't yeah. give you testimonials. So sometimes it works really well to ask someone how they felt about something mm-hmm. because, you know, you usually are able to describe how you feel and even if that feeling might need a little, um, not editing, because I don't want to suggest anyone edit someone else's words, but like maybe you draw that out of a client, m- more words or more description, at least a feeling is a great place to start talking. Now, there's a little bit different, though, if you are going back and asking former clients that you haven't worked with somewhat recently. Mm-hmm. In that case, I think the best thing that you can do is to instruct them. So when I have someone who is maybe updating their website, let's Mm -hmm. say they have a new service, but they're not necessarily um, starting from scratch. What will happen is they, they might have worked with someone in the past that has um, something that they think they, they could say about the service, but they don't have testimonials because it's a brand new thing. Mm -hmm. So let's just say, for example, they, they um, offered photography in, in um, 
weddings when they're normally like a brand photographer, let's say Mm -hmm. they could go back to someone who they did an engagement shoot with in the past and say, Hey, I'm actually, you know, like opening a bigger arm of my business. I'm going to be doing more family photography. I know it's been two years since we worked together, but I would love to know if I could ask you a a few questions um, or um, provide you with some points that I'd love for you to share in a testimonial. Would you be willing to do that? Mm -hmm. In that case, you know, you're you're explaining what the need is. Mm -hmm. And I always like to remind people. Your clients are not the big bad wolf, right? Like they want to help you. Right. Um, they most likely, I'm assuming if you're going to work with them or speak with them about testimonials, you've given them a good experience right. and they do want to share that. The reason it's difficult is they just don't know what to say. Right. So if it's been a while, it's always good to lead them. You mm-hmm. know, in this instance, it, the leading of the example is saying, I'd love for you to talk about like the engagement shoot so that at least on that wedding photography page, they could have a testimonial about engagements, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. is still relative. Um, there is nothing wrong with leading a client. It's, and this is definitely the case for someone who has a lot of testimonials, even mm-hmm. good ones. Because mm-hmm. at that point, you have what you need. You just want to get specific. Right. So instead of saying like, oh, Aaron was great at website copywriting, maybe the next time I talk with a client, I mention to them that I really need something about editing. Mm-hmm. Let's, I'm using this as an example because mm-hmm. then I know that's not specific that I have. Um, so definitely ask leading questions, provide them direction, and just put yourself in the shoes of the consumer. We, you know, we talked about that before, but as a consumer, we want to to celebrate the people that we like that we've done business with. But it's tough to know what to write. I just had a tree company work in my yard taking down some old trees that really needed to be removed. And I really loved the team that came. Home contractors are a tough bunch, y'all. And I'll tell you, like, they they showed up on time. They were super communicative. Uh-huh. And comparing them to other home contractors <laughs> I've had, I was like... I'm going to be your free marketing team for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. But I didn't know what to say. Mm. The person with testimonials uh, as a course, uh-huh. the person who speaks on it still felt like, what do I say about these people? Uh-huh. Like, great uh-huh. job cutting down those trees, right. guys, right? <laughs> right. Like, it felt I wanted to do... Be- you know, that's kind of an uh, an opposite lens to look at it. I wanted to write the best one I could get. Right. So it that perfectionism is what held me back from writing. Mm. Wish came to shove. What I did write was exactly what I just said to you. They were extremely communicative. They showed up on time. They did an excellent job and they were really nice. And that as a consumer, if I saw that on someone's website or on their Google My Business, mm-hmm. I would be like, well, yeah, that is what I want. I mm-hmm. literally just want someone who will communicate with me, home improvement contractors. Right. Right. Like right. we only want to be yes. called that. Yes. So, so I think, you know, it's putting yourself in the shoes as the person who's giving the testimonial mm-hmm. will help you lead your own clients. Now, is there a, like a best practice around the length of a testimonial? Because I've seen them come in all shapes and sizes. And, you know, I just wonder if like, oh, two sentences is plenty because some of them it's like, okay, are people even going to take the time to read them if they're too long? 
Yeah, I fall in the camp of the more is merrier, but not necessarily to use, to receive. Okay. Like, I, you know, if you are going to write me paragraphs, even if those paragraphs are not like um, something I can copy and paste because you're trying to describe a situation, I would much rather give some, have someone give me extra and then I can call it Mm, down. Okay. So earlier I said we don't edit testimonials Mm -hmm. and we don't change what people say, Mm -hmm. but we can change, we can edit the length, let's say, Mm -hmm. or potentially even the order. And we do that only really for grammatical reasons Mm -hmm. um, or to make things concise. Okay. So if someone writes a paragraph about how wonderful it was to work with you and you post that, like you said, on your homepage, Mm -hmm. people don't read it. They scan it. It is a paragraph. That's making them work, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like just to prove that you are a good person to work with. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is on a website specifically, I would get the best sentence if possible that I could and use that sentence. Mm -hmm. Is it, if it's necessary to do two sentences, sure. As long as you can truly, um, within the design, call out attention to to that testimonial. But you, you want to be as concise as possible for websites. Here's the reason why I like extra stuff. Mm -hmm. Other places, you don't have to be as concise. Email marketing, for example, Mm -hmm. you may have like, a whole paragraph in there that your client sends you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you have like two or three different areas that you include one or two sentences, mm-hmm. right? Um, additionally, I love case studies. And what case studies basically are, are like a hyped up testimonial using your client's words, mm-hmm. but also using your process. So the, so the potential lead or your audience, whatever you want to call the people reading the case studies, they get to see how you work, they get to see like the quick wins, the big strategies, and they get the social proof right out of your client's mouth, right? So I say collect as much as you can, mm-hmm. and, and and it's all great to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to websites specifically and potentially social media, I, I would say be as concise as you can because people's attentions are a lot shorter. Right. And so another question that comes up for me is that oftentimes people have a willingness to your point to provide a testimonial, but they don't necessarily have the authority. Maybe that's the correct word I'm thinking because they are a part of a much larger organization. And so either they're like, perhaps don't use my name or don't say the company or things like that. So how do you take those scenarios and work them for your good. Um, If someone is not in a position to give, oh, here's my name, my title, and the organization with which you worked. Yeah. So this is one of those instances where I think a system works well. Um, To start, if you have working with bigger organizations, you're going to use a contract. In the contract, I think it's very good to include that you will be asking for a review of of your work that they will give you a review, but legally you cannot require it to be a positive review and you cannot require them to include it like on your marketing. Mm-hmm. So all that you're saying is you are going to give me feedback. I'm going to ask you for it and then do that right in the feedback, in the requesting, let's say it's a form, you have to give them the option 
to determine whether they're willing to share it, right? Mm-hmm. So you could ask them, do I have permission? Would you, well, no, I not can, you absolutely should ask, mm-hmm. do I have permission to use your name, your full name? Do I have permission to use your image? Um, depending on how much you want to put on your testimonial, your um, job title, your the business you work at. Mm-hmm. If you don't have permission, guys, just don't do it because you don't have permission, mm-hmm. right? Like standard case, like let's just follow the rules. Mm-hmm. But as for the rest, I think that this is something people generally overthink. And and it's because they want to follow the rules, yeah. right? And they want to be as standard as possible. But if you have, let's say you're working with like a Fortune 50 company mm-hmm. and they're, they just don't, they're happy to give their testimonial but they do not want to use the name of their business Mm -hmm. or the job title and Mm -hmm. last name of their employee. Mm -hmm. Cool. You can just say Joe from a fortune 50 tech company. Okay. Okay. Right. Um, I work with, uh, I I previously worked with many coaches and this is particularly the case in the coaching industry or any type of like a mental health slightly related type of industry Mm -hmm. um, where their clients may have feelings about it being publicly known what they experienced. Mm -hmm. It does not mean they don't want to support the coach because Mm -hmm. they might have had an actual life transforming uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So they want to give feedback, but they don't want the personal story to be shared. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you can just say 2023 coaching client, right? Or maybe that client says you can use my initials. Mm. So, you know, it would be like EO in my case. Okay. Ask, just ask, right? And then they will let you know what they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And if you don't love what they're comfortable with, you get to make the decision yourself whether you use it or not. So if that client says, no, I, I want it to just say um, anonymous, mm-hmm. if you don't want to, if that's really not going to work for you, don't use it. But don't overthink that, right? Like okay. if I go to a website and I see anonymous and it's a very specific testimonial, I'm mm-hmm. going to trust that it's real. Mm-hmm. Um which is why I always love to like get on my um, soapbox and preach like, do not do fake testimonials. Yeah. Like, people see through the fake mm-hmm. testimonials. Mm-hmm. Nobody believes you made $8 million in 47 minutes <laughs> because you waved your hand in the air and jumped four times, right? Like for your client, let's right, say, right? right? So I think sometimes like I love stats. I love numbers. They make great social proof. But if I read like something very specific in more of a qualitative form than the quantitative, Mm -hmm. that might make me make a purchase sooner because it's descriptive versus a number that as a person who likes to do her research before buying, I don't know if I can trust, right? Like I'm so used to stats on the internet. You click over to that stat to see the company research. So if it's, again, you made someone $8 million in 47 minutes, how do I know that? Right. So Sometimes qualitative is just so much better than quantitative. So it sounds to me like there is still value, even if a client is unable to share their the specifics around their name, their role, their title, their organization, there's still value to including those testimonials on your website or other areas for which you want to attach a testimonial. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, it really, most of the time, I would say, besides some very small other circumstances, it's just a privacy thing. Yeah. It's that they need their privacy, but they want to share their testimonial. And I personally, I just fall in the camp of, great, use it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is a great testimonial. And if someone wants to give you a good one, don't turn it away. 
Awesome. Thanks for that. And now I know you alluded to a number of different um, uses of testimonials, and I heard you sprinkle in there maybe, uh, you know, email marketing and case studies. Are there any other ways outside of like adding them on your website and things like that? What are, are there other uses of testimonials that folks may not have thought of previously? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of them is as simple, I mean, the, the obvious is social media, websites, email marketing, sales pages, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the big four everyone thinks of. Um, but there are other places that you can use it. Again, um, while I can do testimonials equals case studies or, mm-hmm. or, or ads to a case study, a lot of people don't put those two and two together very often. They think of a case study as something they should be writing. Yeah. So absolutely include them in your content in those forms. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also include them in blog posts depending on whether they're relative, obviously, to the main topic, right? Okay. Um, so those are two content-based ways to put it. Um, something actually that a copywriter friend shared with me today, which is why I'll make sure I credit her for this. Um, a copywriting friend, Charlotte Davies, said, hey, I, she used to work in PR. Have you ever thought about encouraging your clients to use testimonials as part of applications for awards. You know, so if you're applying uh, to maybe be a speaker okay. at an event or you're applying for like a, an award in your mm-hmm. field, they don't ask for a testimonial on the application form. Mm-hmm. But what better social proof than to show that you're already doing what you're trying to like win or, or receive. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, I also say people should use proposals. You know, mm-hmm. they put them on the sales pages, but that tends to be skimmable. We mm-hmm. all know people don't read long, long sales pages right. in, in, in whole, mm-hmm. but you get a proposal in front of you and it's most of the time customized to you. Right. You're going to read it. Yeah. So proposals are another great place to put it. Awesome. Thank you for this. Aaron, this conversation has been so enlightening. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with our listeners. If someone is tuning in and they want to grab some of that great content that you shared, and I know you've got some products and services that you um, offer to support the business community in this area of testimonials, what's the best way for folks to reconnect with you? Yeah, I say the easiest way to stay connected is to come find me on my podcast. You're listening on a podcast player right now. You don't have to click off. You don't have to go anywhere else. Uh, My podcast is called Talk Copy to Me. And then pretty much everything else is located under my business name, which is my name. So uh, if you go to erinolilla.com, you can find the course. You can find the freebies. And I always like to say this, it's my new corny thing, but the beauty of SEO as a plug for my another love of mine is my name's hard to spell. It's hard to pronounce, but Google knows me now. So you can actually misspell my name and mm-hmm. still find me on the internet. Wow. Wow. That's big. <laughs> Good stuff. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great time talking to you. Calling all married couples. Running a successful business takes a lot of effort and can steal precious time away from your spouse. How do you protect your marriage from the stress of business? Get Tandem, the Married Entrepreneur's Guide for Greater Work-Life Balance. Go to thetandembook.com and pick up your copy today. Well, that concludes this episode of The Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost-related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. 